With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right. Good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal, 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 Hannibal. Mr. Dot Commer on WEEI.com. Post game podcast of the 33 to 6 49ers win over the Patriots. And this is going to be the Ryan Hannibal Victory podcast. Thank you for joining us. And I'm just going to talk for the next 30 minutes. Now, um, I just want to get that out of the way. I am, you know. I'm not going to say I was I called it, but I am uh, was out on an island with very few people that said Jimmy Garoppolo was a pretty good quarterback and that the Patriots would have trouble on Sunday, and I was proven right. Okay, so I, I, you were proven right. It, like this was a good follow up for you. Not, well, played out well for you after you took your beatings on Twitter and on our radio station, where even people you work with made fun of you and didn't understand you. But what? So your Headline was a simple one. Patriots botched the quarterback situation. Which is a better um, example or which proves your point more? The way Jimmy Garoppolo played or the way Cam Newton played? Probably Cam Newton. That's what I would say. I would almost say that Garoppolo is irrelevant. You don't have a quarterback. I told you I had to issue an apology on Twitter last night. I mocked Bill Belichick this summer when he met the day he said we have a competitive competition with competitive players that are competitive quarterback. Like he used competition like six times in a sentence. I mocked him. Um, I apologize, Bill. Clearly it was competitive because from what I've seen of Stidham, Hoyer, and Cam Newton the last three weeks, they all stink. Just because you had competition, it was bad competition. Um, So I I had to issue an apology for mocking him because he was right. He had competition, but he doesn't have a quarterback. That's the end. And uh, to make matters worse or to add to your little victory lap, uh, Tom Brady's kicking ass and taking oh, yes. names in Tampa and has Tom Brady has 18 touchdown passes. Cam Newton has how many? Uh, two, two. That would be two. Uh, Tom Brady's scoring lots of points. The Patriots are scoring no points. They're kicking. Uh, yeah. Nick Folk is now the fantasy player to have. If you're a new England Patriot, I just dug up this stat. So over the Patriots have had 31 possessions the last three games. They're own three. They've scored 28 points two touchdowns, and have turned the ball over 11 times. Yeah, the 11 turnovers is Belichick must want to kill somebody. Forget about not scoring. That, that fly, the whole, his theory, before you can win, you have to not lose. They're losing. Yeah. Like, it's not that they're not winning. They are losing. They are causing their own losses by turning the ball over, playing crappy. And Cam Newton, 
was really telling, I thought, when he said, you know, that's always a coaching point or that's been a fixation. And when that, when you're still turning the ball over, it makes you question everything or question a lot of things. Yeah. Question very simply how good you are. And that's where I am. I, I you know, Matthew Slater. They said, stink. Uh, yes. But not only do they stink, their talent stinks. Like good talent can play poorly or bad talent can just play to their level. And that's why like Matthew Slater had a, you know, one of his typical leadership quotes, well, you know, I believe in the character or whatever in the guys' locker room. I believe in their character too. It's their talent I don't believe in. I think they're good dudes. I think they'll work hard. I think they'll try hard. I think they'll show up. The bottom line is you're rolling inferior talent out there, inferior speed, inferior athleticism. And, you know, it gets worse all the time, not better, because whatever you think of Nikhil Harry, he's one of your best talents, right? I mean, theoretically. Now he's hurt, knocked yep. out of the game. Um, your, your offensive line, who knows who's out on the offensive line anymore? They just, it changes every play to play. It's like, you know, they show the huddle and you're like, hey, everybody, where's Joe Tooney? How come he's not in the huddle? <laughs> like, right. Um, so it, the front seven, the the back five, whatever you want to call it. They don't have a strength. We keep saying this. What is their strength? They don't have one. Correct. They, they literally don't have a strength. And that, and we're now seven weeks into the season, whatever the hell this is, like, when, when, when do you flip the switch and suddenly you do like, it's getting to be too late. You now have a must win game in Buffalo. Must is, win. Yes. Literally must win. Not they're, like they're five and, talking point must win. This is must win. They're five and two. You're two and four. If you drop another game, you're three games back in the loss column plus the tiebreaker. So you're, you're port. And forget about just the bills. Cause I actually think the division's getting close to being over. You look at other places like the Browns and the Colts. Oh, yeah, you're starting to look at the last playoff spot. Right, and it's getting harder to fathom. And, oh, by the way, the little thing that I laugh at, you know they lost and got embarrassed, got killed by a last-place 49ers team. It's true. 49ers are in last place in the NFC West. Yeah. I mean, it's a good division, right. and they're beating up on the East, the NFC and AFC East, but you lost to a last-place team. So, yeah, I, I don't know where you – like, I turn my attention to the trade deadline in the offseason. That's where I'm at. Like, but what are you at the trade deadline? So, your sellers, you trading away your, your best players, you trading away Gilmore, you trading away Tooney, are you trying to add? Like, I think that's a simplistic view. I think you can be a buyer and a seller. I kind of think do you too. can sell Tooney and Gilmore and you can buy whoever. Now, I just don't want this to be an overreaction week where, like, this week it's, oh, they got to sell Gilmore, they got to sell Tooney. And then let's just say next week they go out and beat the Bills. I don't want everybody to all of a sudden be, oh, they got to be buyers. They're back into it. Like, this isn't like – I think you made this analogy last week, whether it was on this podcast or off there. This isn't baseball. This isn't like, oh, we're going to do this – if how we do this series is going to determine if we're buyers or sellers. Like, it, it's not the same. Football and baseball are not the same. This is a, a team-building process. Bill's talked about it. It's part of, it's part of free agency. It's part of the draft. You can get better for multiple years to come in the trade deadline. So I think that we shouldn't, like, classify things as buyers and sellers because you can be both. Yes, and I think they probably should. I mean, you have a guy on a franchise tag who, what's he doing for you slash what's he going to do for you over the next two months? You have a reigning defensive player of the year cornerback who has one more year in his contract, but, I mean, is he part of the long term? We talked about it. Like, cornerbacks don't sit atop the, the NFL world for very long. You know, he's in his – I believe he just turned 30 or 31. Yeah. I mean, he's getting older. Um, so, to me, just dumping those guys to get something for them, 
is not, that's good business, not bad business. Right. Whether I add a player who's young, whether I add a draft pick that I can now use in the draft, a draft pick I can use in a future trade. I mean, look at the Garoppolo deal. Everybody gets all giddy about all the things they did with that second round pick, moved it around. So do that. Do that with Joe Tooney. If you can get a second or a third round pick for Joe Tooney, do it. Is he helping you win? No. Uh, yeah, but like, no, he's not helping you win. You're losing. Well, no, he's part. He's part of the a positive. You know, is he? He hasn't been bad. I'm, I don't like, know. Did you see a shotgun well, snap last week? Well, how much worse do you think they would have been if Joe Tooney was also injured and missing some of these games? Would they get embarrassed two weeks in a row or three weeks in a row? Like, they're getting embarrassed. They're losing games. Like. But when you, I mean, to that point, you'd rather probably see like Justin Heron get more playing time than Joe Tooney because he's part of, potentially part of the future. Sure. Plus, I'd want the second or third round pick I might be able to get for Joe Tooney. Right. Plus, I can cut some cap space that I might be able to use for somebody. My point is, if Joe Tooney isn't part of the 2021 plan, yeah, or 20, right. yeah. what's the point? Like, yeah. you're just spinning your wheels for a little bit, and you're not even spinning your wheels successfully. You're and, spinning uh, your wheels and uh, getting Stephon Gilmore, I think he's checked out a little bit. Um. It's interesting watching some of those guys in the back end, um, the lack of physicality, the la- you know, when he got chopped down on that wide run, uh, I actually don't fault him on, as much on that play. Physically, he got killed. I mean, that's without question, but I think that's one of those plays where they're emphasizing you can't let him get outside of you. So his whole f- idea there was to run to the outside, make him cut back, and because he's selling out to the outside, he makes himself an easy guy to chop down. I just think there are plays that his he avoided. Like he knew that this game was going to be a game where he'd be attacked by Kyle Yuschek coming at him to hit him because they were attacking the edges, and I think he wanted no parts of that. Yeah, see, I think the back end they they were all very similar. I think Devin McCourty. There were plays down the sideline where he just didn't sell out, didn't want to hit. Um, there was a Jason McCourty got pushed around. I think the back end got sick of being basically the first line of defense on the running game, and they yeah. were like the the it was. 49er is going to be six yards downfield. I now need a safety or a corner to, to make a tackle because the linebackers and the front seven were useless. Um, and that's just three. And every single time, I can't remember. I mean, I'm sure there was. I can't remember a time where a 49er ended not going forward. It was always falling forward through contact, breaking a tackle, getting two extra yards. They every- made Jeff Wilson look like Barry Sanders. No question. And some of that is scheme, like give Kyle oh, Shanahan a good job. Tremendous. But at some point, and Bill, I took Bill at his word. He thinks his team competed hard. Um, so I, I have to take him at his word. But that's, they got bullied. You know, and, and I don't know whether they, when they caved in, if they didn't cave in, but I thought they got bullied by the 49ers. And so I don't think it was just Gilmore or McCourty or McCourty. I think it was the whole back end. And some of that I do think is just the, the repetitive blows, not just this game of, they are like the first and last line of defense. Usually they're supposed to be the last line of defense. Now it feels like they're always the first and last line of defense in the back. Uh, let's get to Cam Newton. What, what's, what's his deal? Uh, he's not that good. Is it physical? Is it? I mean, that's the excuse. I mean, so he throws for 400 yards in Seattle, and everybody wants to fucking take a victory lap telling me how they fixed his mechanics and he can throw and he's great. I see the same thing. I see a guy whose left foot – always goes way left of wherever he's throwing. Like, he, he has bad mechanics. He always has. He throws with, like, his chest open and at this weird thing. Have you, have you been following us that he doesn't throw to the right side of the field? 
I think that's because he steps to the left at all times. So he didn't throw one pass to the right side yesterday. And against Denver, I think he only threw once to the right side. Yeah, I think that's because he steps to the left at all times. So you got to throw left. It's like, it's like a hitter who steps into the third base dugout. He yeah, doesn't yeah. go to right field. He tries to pull everything. Right. I think he's been flawed the whole time. That, I, that really annoyed me that but whole that, But that's been a trend going back to his Carolina days. He only throws to the left side of the field. It's just being more um, – I think it's the way he throws. I think to throw right, he'd have to turn all the way, like, to the sideline and then throw le- – because the way he throws. I, I just – I think he's a pull hitter. He's a pull hitter, and people put the shift on, and he's like, damn it, I'm still pulling. I'm still yep. pulling the ball. And he's a pull thrower. That's what Cam Newton is, a pull thrower. I don't, I don't think he's hurt either, but you have – he got asked the question twice after the game, how is he feeling physically? I mean, I don't, know, what it, I don't know what's changed. He, he hasn't – he missed, you know, all that time because right. of COVID. He was fine after the Seattle game, obviously. He hasn't really taken any big hits. Now, I will say, I don't remove the possibility that – It's just like a lingering shoulder thing. Well, not lingering that this is who he is and he isn't what he was five years ago. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'd have to really get, you know, film side by side and like velocities, like sports science. Tell yep. me, go through some clips, ESPN sports science or next gen stats. Tell me if he's lost velocity or anything on his fastball. Maybe that's true. I, I said to you off here, Chad Pennington's a guy. He came back for multiple shoulder surgeries and his arm got weaker every time. Now he was able to sort of, work through it by being more accurate and dropping the ball in and anticipating throws. But I think that's the biggest issue. Cam can't read a defense. Cam can't get, he can't anticipate anything. And some of that is on his weapons. I don't think he's got guys really getting open or, 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 or that nature, but I just, I don't think he's a very good quarterback right now. And good thing Wiggy's not the GM of the Patriots and didn't give him that hundred million dollar extension in week two, because you'd be in big trouble moving forward. Um, can we also get like, I don't want to make this all about Jimmy G, but would you take him back to the 49ers if we're dumb enough to move on from him this offseason? 100%. He's better than anything the Patriots have, and he's better than probably anything they will have an opportunity to have in the offseason. I mean, barring the quarterback situation, how bad this gets, how high you're picking. I mean, I, don't, I haven't done really any, but by all accounts, there's three quarterbacks that are first-round quarterbacks. Right. right? You have Lawrence. Justin Field, and then the Trey uh, Lance kid. Yeah. Lance, Lance, whatever. The, the, there's three first-round high quarterbacks. And you're probably not going to be picking it, unless you're, you really suck the rest of the year. You're probably not – don't have a shot at any of those three. Well, I mean, it I will – I guess you could always trade up. And it will sort of depend on – I mean, some of those teams that could end up high might not want a quarter – like the Giants, are they moving on? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some questions as to the way the quarterback situation will play out, but – He's he's better than those guys. I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's great. Neither do I. And I'm, I'm still looking at my mentions. I'm still getting like hate for saying that, suggesting that Garoppolo like could be part of the future. He is a pretty good quarterback. Like I'm sorry. I, like I don't know what to tell you. Like this this kind of goes into your your point with these Patriots fans. Like, can we just say that Jimmy Garoppolo is a pretty good quarterback? Like, is it that hard to say? Is he elite? No, nobody's saying he is. He's a damn good quarterback. And I would also add in, I hear a lot of like, oh, he's, he's just a product of Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan's system. Wait, I thought we had good coaches too. So you can't right. take him and make him a product of your system? Right. Like, I'll I, say I don't he'd, he'd be, he's a, a good fit for the Patriots system too. Gets the ball quickly. He, he goes through his progressions quickly. Like he, the Patriots like him. They liked him for a reason. And I would also say 
he's a more accurate passer than Cam Newton. You think? Like he, he has, he'll have You're turnovers. more accurate than Cam Newton lately. Uh, that's probably accurate. But, um, like, and he, I'm talking not just about incompletions. I'm talking about putting, you know, a pick on Edelman that is way behind him. Yep. Or uh, get, getting Nikhil Harry killed. Nikhil Harry killed. There was a James White play early where he doesn't give him the ball in position to make any yards after catch or do anything with it. That that's included in the problems. It's not just the picks and the the misthrows or the misreads. Even some of the throws aren't in a good enough position to do anything with. Yes. So, I, I, I mean, eh. An, another person who's taken a hit on this uh, is my guy Josh McDaniels. Now, I don't think it's all his fault, but I don't know that he has made anything significantly better by what he's doing. Um, he's not overcoming necessarily his lack of talent and the things they're doing now he did in weeks one and two yeah but that yeah that was when they controlled the game and they played well the first game they controlled played from ahead and then they went up against a piss poor seattle secondary were able to throw the ball might be an aberration basically um for week two but he's the idea that josh mcdaniels was a product of tom brady is growing stronger like he's not i mean that's just the reality i'm saying if his offense isn't good regardless of the details, if I just look from afar, even if I'm an owner, like thinking about hiring, well, the Patriots offense sucked when Tom Brady left. I mean, you didn't make it any better. So I don't have Tom Brady. What are you going to do for my offense if I hire you? You argue that you need a a drop back quarterback like Tom Brady was, and maybe McDaniels is better suited with a running quarterback. Or I could argue maybe there's a better candidate out there that's coming off a better season. Totally fair. So, I mean, that's just the reality. Cam Newton's Stock has taken a massive hit, and I think uh, Josh McDaniel's stock has taken. Now, a hit. like Bill said after the game, that Cam is absolutely the quarterback moving forward. Just wanted to give Stidham some reps. Like, I think that has to be true because what are you going to do? Like, are you going to Jared Stidham hasn't exactly showed that he's like knocking on the door to you know start games and and his and his appearances. And I know it's a tough spot to get thrown in the fire when you're getting blown out and you're not you know operating that week as a starter. But I don't think he's very good either well he hasn't maximized his opportunities he turns the ball over like i think if he if he came into these last you know the two games he got thrown into and didn't throw an interception and and move the ball down the field and kind of got the team going then you can make more of an argument to give stidham a shot to start a game but he hasn't come close to doing that no but i think if cam continues to play the way cam's going then you do that because now we're back to where we started in the spring. Well, One of the objectives is to find out whether Jarrett's Right, but play. are you doing that this week? Are you doing that, you know, in the next two or three weeks? Or is that more, you know, December when the season's over and you need to know what you have? If the next two or three weeks look like the last three weeks, then yes, I'm doing that sooner rather than later. Because it's been an absolute offensive well, yeah, embarrassment. I'm, I'm, I guess maybe I'm giving Cam too much credit that the next couple weeks won't be like it was yesterday. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that to be true. I mean, the Bills... You're going in a tough environment. They might get ahead. I mean, I don't have any guarantees or any faith that Cam Cam Newton has not been good for a month now. Like, uh, yeah, three straight games. Like, yeah, but he missed a game in between, so it's been a month since he was at all good. And so that's looking like the good early was maybe more of an aberration. And I don't discount. Okay, teams now have more film on what Cam is doing in the running game, what the Patriots are doing up front. Maybe they're adjusting to that so I if it continues down this road that it's continued down the last few weeks I don't wait till well, that, forever well if it continues like that yes sir you don't have a choice right and then there's no point in keeping him in the point is 
Find out if Stidham can have a whole week as the starter in practice, prepare, blank slate, doesn't come into a game that you're already trailing or trying to play catch up or whatever. Give him a chance to start a game or two. And then we can really decide all three quarterbacks need to go in the offseason and you need to bring in a whole new group of quarterbacks. Like Jimmy. Jimmy, whoever. I know. Trey Lance, Justin Field, I don't care who. But it's close to, again, I'm back to Bill. I apologize. You were right. You had very good competition because they were all stinky. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, there really wasn't much to take away from this game. Like, they just they stunk. They got beat. Like, there, there weren't you, – you know you do your three ups and three downs. Like, you joked to me off when you were driving – I was driving home last night. Nick Folk was like, you're only up. And the only description was he made his field goals, and that's it. Like, there – I guess we can get to Edelman. Like, he's clearly frustrated. Newton admitted after the game their connection isn't where it needs to be. I, I was going to say when we were talking about Cam's mechanics things, I think that could be part of it too. Like, Edelman kind of doesn't necessarily go to one side of the field, and I haven't broken down what side he's on primarily, but I remember a lot of times him catching passes on the right side of the field. Maybe that has something to do with his lack of production. Um, his two targets yesterday from Stidham and um, Newton, two picks. That's – I mean, it's not all Edelman's fault, but there's definitely some frustration there. He was visibly frustrated on the sideline. Um, he's a, a guy to monitor his sort of attitude and where he's at. Yeah, he's in a tough spot because I do think he's banged up. I mean, he's on the injury report. He's got the injury. I do think he's old. I do think he probably misses his Brady. I do think he hates losing. Like, all of this is going to – be a mental and emotional and whatever motivational challenge for him. I also think he's probably at 34 years old, lost a step quote unquote, and not as good. And combine that, like he's shown that he can play through injuries. He did it a year ago. He fought through a number of injuries and still produced, but when you aren't as good to start with, if he was 100% healthy at 34, he's not as good. And now he's not healthy at 34. So he's not as good from the already limited. It's just, Maybe too much for him to overcome. I, I personally, like Jacoby Myers, had a productive day. Yes. Like, basically, he the, the first he, time he's like played. He, he, he was on the field. He made the most of his opportunities. So, I continue to say I like, kind of liked him last. Do I think he's good? No. He's better than you have. He's, he's like Demir Bird. Like, you put him out there, I think he'll catch some balls. I don't think you'll ever be able to lean on him to, like, lead you to victory and catch 150 or, or no, anything. No, of course not. But – I mean, but you're at the point in the year where you need people that are just going to make plays, and he's made more plays than the mere bird has. So why not give him a shot? Right, and so now he had a similar issue where they threw a deep ball to him and ends up in an interception. Well, wow, that was just a horrific pass. I also think that was Paul Perillo used to call those Drew Bledsoe interceptions. It's at the end of the the quarter. Basically, it's a punt. Now yeah. it wasn't a punt because you let the guy return it, and they almost had a field goal opportunity out of it. But it's basically a punt. So. They don't have a lot of anything. Like Dalton Keene, okay, he replaced Devin Asiasi yesterday. One catch, great. Congrats. One catch, eight yards. Like, I just you – you can't make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it's become a thing. The whole halftime show on CBS was talk about how they have no weapons. It's like it's now become like a, a talking point or universally accepted that the Patriots have the worst group of weapons in the NFL. Well, and let's let's get into it. They're not going to add a game-changing player at the trade deadline. Could they? Sure. But, like, it's not like 
just look at these players' contracts, and we got the report from Atlanta that they're not going to trade Julio Jones because he has a massive cap hit. That's not going to happen. Adam Thielen, he has a massive cap hit. These teams, like, you don't just all – this isn't baseball where you're like, oh, I'm going to trade for a great player. Like, you, you just can't expect that to happen. And then you're in a position where you're going to add a guy like John Ross or Will Fuller, like guys that are just average receivers and not really offense-changing type players. So it's not like you can point to the trade deadline and say – we're going to get that much better at the position. So it's a lot like a year ago where you add Mohamed Sanu, who's not that good, and he doesn't have a positive impact because you have more issues than just needing a fourth. Well, yeah, receiver. that's the thing. Like, you, you add a receiver, oh, Cam and whoever's at quarterback has to throw him the ball. That, that yeah. hasn't happened yet. As I said to you, unless Julio Jones also plays defensive tackle and linebacker and tight end, even if you add him, I think you're just going to add a frustration because, A, you'll now have – Opposing defenses will just focus on taking him away because he's your one weapon. Yep. And B, it's like you're going to be teased. Oh, they added this guy. This is what's going to inject life into the offense. I'm sorry. I've said, I mean, three weeks ago we started talking about this. You're more than a player or a position away. Way more. Like, so unless you have this series of like six trades and you're adding to the roster left and right, I, I just, you're not going to make any massive changes to the, the course of this team. What you know, Cam said it. What the answers are in the locker room. Now the answer may be you suck. Yep. Or the answer may be okay. We figure it out moving forward, and we get a couple winnable games against the Jets, and we build some sort of positive momentum. But the answers essentially are in the locker room, good or bad. They're bad. Oh wow. <laughs> no opportunity for hope here. Okay, here's a. I'm going to throw a positive, just a lifeline of positivity. I'm going to put it out there. The Patriots' best chance to win is Bill Belichick. It's no longer he's part of the answer. He's the answer. He needs to win via scheme, via game plan, via everything. And in the last three games that they've lost, he played Andy Reid, an equal, right? Sort of a wash, okay? We cross out our strength with their strength. He didn't get to coach, didn't get to practice. I don't know if you heard it. They didn't get to practice against the Broncos. They did not. And he faced Kyle Shanahan, who has shown he can – match wits offensively with Belichick and scheme things up to score points. Maybe, just maybe, the elixir this team needs is him to be better than the opposing coach. Maybe that's Sean McDermott moving forward. You know, Adam certainly Gase. that's Adam Gase moving forward. John maybe Harbaugh. that's Cliff Kingsbury, John Harbaugh, some of the guys that either you think he's better than or he's proven that he's better than and finds a way to out-scheme them. So, he was part of the solution in the past. Now he is the solution, and maybe he gets the opportunity to win his matchup that he hasn't had over the last three weeks. Did it work? Well, Did I sell a positive? No, because my look at it, that he hasn't done it the last three weeks. No, but he hasn't had the advantage the last three weeks that he's used to. Well, it's a wash. or well, he didn't he was just, Huh? Well, so you're saying that Kyle Shanahan, is at the same level as Bill Belichick? I think Kyle Shanahan is a very competitive NFL offensive coach. Yes. I, I agree, but I but isn't that wasn't Belichick always like on this pedestal ahead of everybody else? Yeah, but he had talent, so he had the coaching advantage and talent. Now he has no talent. He may still have the coaching advantage over some guys, okay. and that may be enough to steal a win here, steal a win there. You can't do that against the Chiefs or the Niners, where the coaching is and their talent is better. Uh it's a fair point, but I don't know if I'm taking it as a positive because you're still you still stink. Well, uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> I was just trying to be somewhat positive and give the season is not over. Literally, the season. No, is it's not, over. not. But you're in a 
massive hole. And I also get back to the column I wrote last week. Even if you make the playoffs, you're just fodder for the real playoff teams. Like you're just going to get knocked out. And because the team, there are teams, we, we went through this. You knew the Chiefs and the Ravens were better than you. Right now, the Steelers are better than you. The Steelers, the Titans. the Titans. There's at least four teams out of the seven that are legitimate, consistent playoff teams. Three of them are the best three teams from a year ago. So they're proving year to year they're good. Pittsburgh got its quarterback back. They're good again. Right. So now you're in that mix of Bills, Browns, um, who else? Colts. I say Colts. But they're winning more games than you. Like they're right. taking care of their business early in the year. And in the past, it was okay to maybe have a minor hole to dig out of. Now we're talking about this is your biggest hole since 2001, 2000. They're all pre-dynasty. We mocked it. I said the Patriots Hall of Fame declared the Patriots dynasty dead this week when they put out the all-dynasty team. You know what else is declaring it dead? All the statistics. Because every time I read a negative stat. It's all from like 2002 pre-Belichick. First time since pre-dynasty is what it all is. The dynasty sadly, is over. That doesn't mean you couldn't sneak into the playoffs. Not saying they can't win, but I am saying they're not a very good football team right now. Uh, is there any chance that Newton doesn't start against Buffalo on Sunday? No, not unless he's hurt or gets corona again or whatever. Um, no, he's your starter until the bottom really falls out of this thing. Uh Early, early prediction for this week. Is this a bounce back? Like we keep saying it. Is this a bounce back week? Um, do you think that they figure it out? Like, uh, do you s- no. no, I don't think they figure it out. Quote unquote, the bills. I mean, the bills just played a competitive game with the jets. I don't put the bills on some elite pedestal. I think they're better than you. Mm-hmm. I think they have a better quarterback. You're going on the road. Like this is not an easy game. So if you, even if you play better, you can lose to Buffalo. Right. Right. So the one thing I will say and I said it to you the other day, the start of the game will really be important. Uh, this Jimmy, team down, needs- down the field, seven, what was it, yeah. nine plays, 75 yards. He didn't yep. throw an incomplete pass, seven nothing. The start of this game is the same. If Josh Allen does that, you lose. Now, if you can put together a drive and actually score an offensive touchdown early in the game. That's uh, – I would clarify that on the last podcast. I was hesitant to say they have an offensive point – a touchdown. They don't have an offensive point. No field goals in the first quarter this year. No offensive points. Zero. Yeah, I would advise if they want to beat the Bills, they should score in the first quarter. Don't let the Bills play from ahead. Don't let the Bills be confident. Don't let the Bills feel good. And, oh, by the way, don't let whatever settle into your sideline in your locker room like, here we go again. We're down 10 nothing well, in this Buffalo. Is what we said, this is what we said before the year. It came true. The, t- the Patriots this year are not built to come from behind. And nope. what's happened? They've been behind in all these games. Well, that's because they're not that good. Yeah. We just get back to Teddy Bruschi. I'm sorry. he back. Maybe he'll backtrack from his backtracking this week and say, you know right. what? Damn it. I meant it. They're not very good. Right. All right. Uh, sure there'll be a lot to get to before our, ne- this, our next podcast later in the week. Could be some, you know, Newton quotes, Belichick quotes. I don't know. Trades. I mean, we're coming down. Trade rumors. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. We've talked about it with the the Corona stuff. Teams might want to do things sort of a Earlier. week in advance because of the acclimation the teams and yeah. yeah. So uh, the bottom line is the Patriots are two and four, and, and, uh, and I was right. Ship. And I was right. People are jumping. Sh- I, uh, we were all right. No, oh, me. You're talking about the quarterback. Me, me, me. 
I told you you were right when you wrote it. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I wish we, I had to do, like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm, I'm just sort of yelling out into the universe at these people. But thank Glenn you. Ward way. Thank you for having my back. I appreciate it. Mutt, too. <laughs> Mutt, too. When you're in with Mutt tonight, please give him some crap, too. Uh, I definitely will. I, I actually heard, uh, who told me? Oh, Giardi told me that Mutt was giving you a hard time. Oh, it was ridiculous. He, he's another one, does not under, did not understand the point. Well, that's a problem with Mutt a lot. I do a lot of radio with him, and he often doesn't understand what people are talking about or the argument you're making. So yeah. I, will, uh, I will defend your honor because you're 100% right. They botched it. They don't have a quarterback. doesn't matter what else is going on. They don't have a quarterback, and that has been proven over now almost a month of football that they yes. don't have a quarterback. That's correct. All right, we'll talk to you later in the week. Peace out.